What is going on, crypto family? So today we have the super impressive Tron Black. He's the lead dev for Ravencoin coming on the show. Probably one of the coolest names that I've ever heard of, at least so far, right? Tron Black, pretty freaking cool. In this interview, we discuss his background, how Ravencoin intends to tokenize the assets of the world, why he forked Bitcoin, the things that Ravencoin has done and he hopes it will soon deliver, his favorite book, some of his hidden talents, and a bunch more. You know, I had a great time, you know, hearing his story as well as about Ravencoin. Coin. I hope you do as well. So let's go check out the interview. I'll catch you on the other side. What is going on, crypto family? So today we got Tron Black. He's the lead developer for Ravencoin. First, I just got to say what a cool name that is. Is that did your parents actually name you Tron Black, or did you like uh, change your name? No, that that was my given name. Uh, comes, <laughs> my dad was a chemical engineer. Comes from Electron. Took the Tron part, so that's my full given name from birth. Yeah. That is incredible. I, I think you should like copyright it or something like that. You know, so that way people don't take it. You could go after right. Justin's son and Disney and all those guys, right? <laughs> I know. I'm, I'm still waiting for my royalty checks from Disney. I'm assuming they're lost in the mail somewhere. I love it. Yeah. So do you um, do you follow the movie Tron at all? Have you followed the crypto project Tron at all? I mean, they're using your name. Uh, now. I have followed both. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> thoughts, yeah, thoughts I on both? To, yeah. I, so the, the first movie, uh, it was kind of a disaster at the beginning, like from a financial disaster, but, uh, you know, it kind of recovered, uh, kind of got famous. Uh, they did, you know, really interesting stuff in the second one. So I liked that one. Uh, I got into the first one for free. Uh, some, my neighbor said, Hey, if, you know, his name's really Tron. They said, if you can prove it, you can get in the movie. So I got into that for free. Uh, the, all the, the lighting that was done was done at the University of Utah where I went to school. So that was kind of fun in the, in the computer science department. So that was kind of fun, sort of a connection there later on. That's awesome. So they actually did the lighting where you're from for the movie that has your name. Yep. Wow. Yeah. Pretty cool, man. So what do you think of the, the Tron uh, crypto project? <laughs> uh, so I don't have as much harsh feelings. It's get, it gets a bad rap. So I, I don't have any harsh feelings against it. I think Justin Sun's a great marketer. I think it's really interesting what he's doing with, with the lunch and, and things like that with Warren Buffett. Yeah. There you go. Yeah, exposure and, and it works. There's so many projects yeah. out there that have tons of marketing and no working product, right? But uh, he's out there marketing and has a working For product. Sure. So. Yep. Cool stuff, man. So what's, what's some of your background? How'd you get into blockchain? Uh, so I have a computer science degree. I have an MBA, entrepreneur all my life um, you know, since I was you know 16. Uh, and, you know, kind of ran companies. At, first, uh, first business? What was your first, well, you said an entrepreneur all your life. So yeah. at 16, so what was your first business? Uh, so the first business was actually sort of uh, in the uh, utilities market for Windows products. Uh, and then uh, kind of moved from that into e-commerce, was selling uh, some of these utilities via kind of pre-internet almost uh, through CompuServe. Uh, and then... Uh, this is back when if you wanted shareware, you kind of ordered discs from a, from a mailer or catalog and then uh, moved into, uh, got, uh, it was very difficult at the time. It's easy now but to get credit card status. You had to have a brick and mortar. And so we didn't, we didn't have a storefront. So we wanted to sell online. Uh, so we did that. And then we started writing utilities for doing credit card processing uh, over the internet to actually connect uh, web servers to a dial up thing that kind of emulated the little card swipe things. And then later on, we built uh, modules that plugged into websites that connected to, to various different like PayFlow Pro and, and uh, some of these other processing uh, systems for credit cards. So I was big into the e-commerce. Two of the companies sold uh, to public companies. Um, so one was Blue Squirrel, another one was uh, RegNet. 
both of those end up selling to public companies, one to Digital River and one to Forefront Group Inc. Good old blue squirrel, man. Yeah. So you've been you've been around from the beginning, man. You saw how hard it was to basically use credit cards for e-commerce and created yep. solutions and now you've seen crypto and so you see the new the new revolution there, right? Yep. Yep. Not quite as early as you, but uh, yeah, <laughs> but probably in, in kind of early 2013. And, and from from the, I probably saw it, probably saw the name, probably saw something on, on uh, slash dot about it, but, but didn't pay enough attention to know what it was. Uh, and then once I found out kind of how it worked, uh, it was rabbit hole. Just, you know, all I wanted to do from there. Gotcha. Yeah. I mean, obviously you're a fan of Bitcoin. I mean, you, you, you forked the code yeah. for, you know, for Ravencoin, right? And so obviously yep. what's kind of your, your thoughts on Bitcoin as to why you tried to either, you know, change it or improve upon it. And, you know, why'd you use Bitcoin, you know, for basically the blockchain? Yeah. So, so the goal wasn't just to copy uh, Bitcoin, but Bitcoin kind of had the most, you know, kind of the most seasoned code base. Uh, and so it was the, the best starting place. Uh, the goal actually was kind of what we've done so far, which is to, to fork it and then have a coin, in this case, Raven coin that, that became, you know, has a value. It's on Bitrix and Binance, et cetera. That was kind of the first phase. And then the second phase was to add the ability to create your own asset. And so this is kind of mirroring some of the capabilities of open assets uh, or uh, master coin or counterparty. With the main difference of all of those kind of use the comment section, you know, the op return of of Bitcoin for its storage. And we wanted to have it more tightly integrated so that it works better, easier to use. Uh, you don't have to carry some little tiny amount of Bitcoin with every every asset transaction. So we were able to fix some of the, I guess, issues or problems that, that you couldn't fix being just that second layer. So that was, was the goal. And that actually launched on November 5th of last year. And since then, people have created over 20,000 assets on Ravencoin. It's pretty incredible. I mean, when you think yeah. about it, it's going to be like kind of the digitization or tokenization of, of everything, you know, yep. real world assets into the uh, the virtual realm, you know, in, into Tron land, so to speak, right? So <laughs> that's right. <laughs> it's awesome. So you have tw- over 20,000 already. So yeah. basically, you're able to just, you know, take a real world asset, create a token for it, and then basically prove that, you know, somebody owns it, right? Yeah, so so the, the the linkage between an asset and the actual like uh, the real world object object is still sort of out in the legal in legal land, you know, in meat space and real world. Uh, but we do have the ability in Ravencoin to to put documents uh, when you create an asset. You can put anything you want uh, on this. Uh, in fact, very large files in IPFS, which allows you to store not just documents, but entire folder system, if you'd like, full of documents, and then immutably so that you can't uh, tamper with that, so, so that you know that the asset that was created goes with, at least with the document, which can be, you know, mapped to the real world. Yeah, and then, and then also the assets can be things like, uh, you know, gift cards, sky miles, uh, you know, things that like that too, that, that aren't necessarily a, a physical object. Uh, but they can also represent, uh, it's really a ledger, you know, just like Bitcoin's a ledger. Uh, that ledger entry can represent, uh, you know, uh, buildings, companies, things like that, uh, which gets sort of into the, you know, into the legal and some of the stuff that's happening with the SEC. And everybody's kind of going down these different paths. And, and, and uh, so the easiest way to think of it, if you're familiar, if you're in the crypto space and you want, easiest way to think of it is ERC-20 uh, type tokens. Uh, but with with documents attached or with a file attached, it could be a movie, it could be a PDF, uh, and so that's probably the easiest way to just kind of mentally think about it. Gotcha. What's maybe the biggest asset you guys have tokenized so far? Uh, so one of, one of the big ones is actually uh, Chainstone Labs. 
It's an equity token that's uh, represented on the chain. So there's a video. Bruce Fenton did a video when that when that was created and when that was transferred, partially owned uh, now by Medici Ventures. Gotcha. And so, you know, for people that are trying to wrap their heads around this, kind of like you, you, you kind of, you know, led, led us to a little bit was, you know, the regulatory, the compliance, yeah. um, you know, these being possibly securities and only maybe accredited investors able to use them. How right. are you guys kind of getting around that and how decentralized is it? And can anybody see who owns what within your, I guess, ecosystem? Yeah, so so it's not getting around it as much as it is just a technology platform. It's like we're building the car, and then you know you have then the user of the car has to you know follow the you know follow the follow the rules of the road, if you will. So we're the technology platform. It is very decentralized. Uh, it works like Bitcoin in that there's lots of miners all over. You know, uh, they're earning Raven RVN the token, which has a you know an economic value. It's uh, four and a half cents or something like that right now. So we're the we're the technology platform. Uh, as far as the rules go, somewhat depends on jurisdiction uh, where you are. Some of the rules in the U.S. or if you're touching, you know, if you're touching fiat, if you're selling to U.S. investors and things like that, then you have to operate under exemptions. Uh, I'm not a lawyer, so you know, I want to give legal advice, but uh, you just make sure that you're kind of following the rules. We don't want anybody to get in trouble. Uh, we have built our building, have built, I guess, because it's on testnet. Uh, we built some other tools. Uh, because what we found is when we launched, we launched uh, really into the, the end of the ICO uh, thing where it was like, make a token, make a white paper, sell it to people for Ethereum or Bitcoin and, and get money and then hopefully deliver. Not a lot of people delivered. Um, some of those have regulatory overhang, things like that. But the technology was very similar to what allowed that to happen. Uh, and then uh, because the SEC came along and said, yeah, you can't do this. And if it's a security token, we need to know who the people are because, you know, these have value and we can't just have, you know, terrorists like swapping value around, things like that. There's various different reasons they have these different rules. But um, I think some of the rules uh, probably should be looked at and changed, uh, but I don't have the power to do that. So we're just kind of waiting on, on, on that, hopefully, awareness. Uh, but, but we are building tools uh, that allow, have built tools that allow uh, it's called tagging addresses. So you can tag addresses and then create a restricted asset uh, that kind of has the tool set that allows the issuer to uh, freeze the asset uh, in place uh, if, you know, if they're told to by the government, uh, things like that. So these are different. So I wanted to separate. Uh, we have two different tokens. We have tokens that, that are just like ERC-20. They can't really be stopped. They can be traded. Uh, the issuer could get in trouble if they're not following the rules, et cetera. And then we have another set of, uh, of assets that start with a dollar sign. So those are called restricted assets. And they, uh, you can have those only go to certain addresses where they've been tagged with, uh, with a tag. And then the tag can basically, doesn't have the KYC information, but whoever tags it should, you know, could, could say, hey, I've got the KYC information for this particular uh, individual, and then you can tell the asset only move to tagged addresses. You're only allowed to live in tagged addresses, addresses swap between tagged addresses, and that builds a kind of a smaller ecosystem. Uh, it's a different than ICOs, uh, so it would be, you know, if you, if you want to kind of give a label to it, you know, the ability to kind of uh, create compliant STOs. Um, so that's something that's on testnet now. Uh, we hope that that uh, gives the issuers kind of a better tool set to kind of stay within the compliance. Gotcha. And then say, for instance, I tokenized, you know, maybe a building that I own. Yeah. Would people be able to see that now that, you know, I own that building? 
Yeah, what they would be able to see is is that uh, they would be able to see that. So you you would get a name. Let's say I mean you could name your token anything you want. My building. You could give it the address of the of the building. Whatever you want to name it. No one else can take that name because names are you know like domain names. It's like one person gets the name. You could then attach that to that token when you create it. You could attach an entire document saying you know this is the ownership of the building. This is why you know I'm tokenizing it. This is what each token represents. But share. Uh, you know here's the legal paperwork for you know for how you know if you want to buy into it, you have to be accredited. Whatever you want to put in, right? I'm just you have a full ability to kind of document what that token uh, represents, and then uh, and then you need to make sure that you know uh, if you know, if you're in the U.S. and you know you need to sell to accredited investors, you need to kind of follow those rules. Like I said, the new tokens will allow you to kind of have some tools to do that. Um, but yes, what you would be able to see is that you've issued, look, I'll pick a number, a million, right? You can you can create as many of these tokens you want, right? From one million to twenty-one billion, it's up to you. But let's say you created a million, and your documentation said you know, each one of these tokens represents one millionth of this building. You could do that. Uh, and then uh, you would be able to see uh, a full audit of all the addresses that hold those tokens. Uh, and so uh, you can't really destroy them. Uh, you can't get rid of them. There'd be a million. If you want to send them to a burn address, you can do that so that they're provable and provably unspendable. Uh, but if you did an audit, you would see that there's always a million. Now, it could be a million and a million different addresses. It could be a million and one address. It could be a million and three addresses. But you would be able to see kind of the ratio of ownership but by address, just like crypto, uh, just like Bitcoin, uh, you can kind of go see uh, what addresses hold how much Bitcoin. Similar, similar thing. But gotcha, for, gotcha. for an asset you created, yeah. Interesting. And then, so you'd mentioned too, that this is, you know, kind of decentralized and, you know, we've heard, you know, obviously about Ravencoin. I, I saw you at uh, World CryptoCon uh, last year. I think you came in on a, with a Raven mask. and I, I did. <laughs> <laughs> with with one of those electronic, uh, what do you call those things that just has the two wheels and the platform on it? Yeah, it's one wheel on a platform and it's called the one wheel. Yes. So it, it self-balances like a, like a, it's a skateboard with one, one big wheel in the middle. Yeah. Quite the entrance, quite the entrance. Yeah. Yep. So we, with it being decentralized, obviously it, it has, you know, your face to it. Uh, and so, you know, with other people that are, that are mining this, you know, we've heard about uh, Overstock and Medici Ventures and people like that. Have they mined, you know, uh, the largest, you know, I guess, portion of the, of the coins uh, so far? Is there, you know, more people yeah. out there that are just, you know, like, you know, you and I or whoever just, you know, out there, you know, uh, mining as well, or is this, you know, kind of corporate? There's game? lots of people out there mining. Uh, it's taken off now in South Korea. I know of uh, mining pools, mining, uh, uh, I know lots of miners, uh, you know, some of them are, are running pools. Some of them are, uh, you know, have uh, entire kind of data centers. Uh, as far as uh, ratios of who owns what, I don't know uh, what the ratio is of and who owns because even now you can go to like ravencoin.network and you can go to the rich list and you can see the addresses that hold the most. But as you know from crypto, right? You know, someone could just have you know ten thousand addresses with you know a lot in each one and be the largest holder. We we don't know. Um, there's really no way to to know that. Gotcha. And so it is pretty well distributed. Okay, cool. And then with, um, you know, with Facebook, obviously entering the market, they're, uh, you know, going to be helping a lot with, um, you know, regulatory compliance, right? I mean, because they're going to be kind of the pioneer, right? So we're going to have a lot more clarity and, and uh, I think just on regulation and and what the SEC and the government kind of expects, you know, from, from crypto people. What do you think that, um, you know, 
I mean, what's kind of your thoughts on, you know, Facebook entering the market and what do you think is going to come from all this? Uh, so I think it's really helpful. I, th- I think, uh, you know, a lot of people are kind of just aren't even really aware of, of crypto. And so I think this brings uh, a large awareness and also the fact that, you know, they're running stuff on you know, C-SPAN and, you know, whatever. And, and so you have these you know, uh, regulators and, and Congress critters and, and talking about, talking about this stuff. And, and, you know, I, I watched most of the hearings and, and you have some really, really sharp people uh, out there uh, in, in Washington and you have some that are just really have no clue. Um, and so it was kind of fun to watch you know, which ones have no clue and which ones are pretty sharp. And, and uh, you, the other thing that's interesting is, is some people take, have a take of like, Oh, we just can't have this. And then uh, in my opinion, the, the sharper ones are like, this is, this is a new thing. This is like the automobile showing up and, and we need to like have smart regulation and, and the U S needs to be part of it. Or people are just going to, you know, jurisdictional arbitrage, just head out and this is all going to shift uh, th- things outside the U.S. And we just see some of that, right? We see people moving to, moving, you know, companies to, to Malta and, and to places that have better regulation and, and, and uh, you know, smarter laws. Uh, so hopefully they, hopefully the smarter people win and, and we get good regulation and, and we get to stay here and, and become a part of this. Exactly. Exactly. So what are you most excited about, you know, in crypto right now? What do you, um, you know, what do you see that's uh, going to be that catalyst, you know, that uh, helps with adoption? Because like you said, so many people just don't have a clue, including the regulators, including the public. How do we educate yeah. them? How do we get people, you know, into things like Ravencoin? Yeah. So, so I have, I have kind, of a, kind of a premise that, that, that this is a shift like, like, uh, and in fact, I did this in one of the presentations of, of kind of like, Blockbuster to Netflix, right? Blockbuster, a little like arrogant, kind of the old system, uh, big, huge, right? And doesn't really need, doesn't really see what's coming. And then Netflix kind of like, hey, you know, kind of going hat in hand to, to you know, kind of saying, hey, you know, let's be, let's partner up and kind of getting shunned. And then later on, there's there's now one Blockbuster in Bend, Oregon. And, and you know, things just shifted so fast. And, and it's the network effect. Right, it's, it's the fact that this this is money that moves like email or value is probably a better way to say it because it's it's really more than just money. It's it's a value, uh, and and that never really worked with computers because if you copy something in a computer, you can copy entire hard drives. That never really worked before because it's you know, effectively counterfeiting. If you and and that solved that problem, and so now value moves like 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 email or you know really really fast and and fluid and programmable, and that's going to change a lot of things. And so I look at it from that perspective, you know, try to stay at kind of this 50,000 foot view and look at all these like little projects. I mean, you know, just part of the little, little bit, little part of this thing that's happening, but it's exploding. I mean, it's, it's, you know, I mean, institutional money is coming in, you know, trading venues are being created. Uh, It's shifting around, uh, you know, to the countries that are friendlier and have, you know, good, uh, good laws and, and, and say, Hey, welcome, you know, come, this is the new financial future. So, you know, come to our country. Uh, I'm just watching all of this just with fascination with this premise that this is the new thing. It cannot be stopped. It, it may get, you know, like hiccups and, 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 and speed bumps along the way as, as people try to, you know, there's various countries, you know, ban it here and things like that. And it kind of drops. And, and then, so somebody else says, well, we'll, 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 we'll adopt it. Come, come over here. And it goes back up. I, I kind of look at it from that perspective. And I just watch with absolute fascination as things just, you know, 
pieces just get shifted around and it just keeps getting bigger and bigger. Yeah, so, exactly. It's kind of like watching the internet unfold. You know what I mean? It's, yeah. Uh, yep. it's, really cool. it's really cool. So do you guys have kind of a game plan to get your name out there the most, you know, to, you know, as, as all this unfolds, you know, you want to make sure Raven coins, you know, kind of front and center and yeah. thousands of projects. How do you intend to get the word out? Well, people like you. So we don't have a marketing, uh, we don't have a marketing budget uh, or a marketing department. Um, so what we do have is kind of a fairly launched coin that, that uh, is super interesting and has an awesome community. And that, that doesn't uh, spread, you know, immediately. But I think, uh, I think it does spread, uh, the word of that does spread over time and gets there. Um, and so, uh, yeah, in some ways, uh, the, the fact that we were fairly launched and there's no, you know, nobody that got an advantage and there wasn't an ICO and we don't have a bucket of money to kind of hand stuff out to, to people is in some ways a disadvantage, but mostly an advantage because people recognize it's kind of a fair project uh, with, with good technology and, and it grows because of that. And the stuff that we're doing, meaning the, you know, kind of the core team here is a very, very small part of it, right? We're trying to keep it safe and, and, and make it work, you know, kind of for this core stuff. The stuff that's going on with Mango Farm Assets and, and Ravenland.org and uh, Ravencoin.asset-explorer.com and Ravencoin.network and all of our Discord and, and, and Telegram, all of that is is outside of our kind of control and it's all community people just building projects and things on top of Ravencoin. And it, I mean, that's, that's the best part. It's, gotcha. And then you guys have testnet coming out here pretty soon. What's that going to you know, allow people to do? Yeah. So, so we have uh, th- four things on, on testnet that are really, really interesting. Uh, so two of them uh, were on our original roadmap, uh, which is messaging and memos. Uh, so messaging is the ability. To, so let's say you created this token for this building and then you want to, you want to send a message to the holders of those tokens, wherever they are. And they could have like sold to seven other people and, you know, might've spread around. Um, you can basically send a message, uh, put it on IPFS and send it, send your uh, admin token, uh, back to itself. And that's a signal that you want to send that message out to the holders. Um, and so that's, uh, that's kind of a valuable feature that you know, kind of doesn't exist even in the national market system. If you want to send a letter to your shareholders, uh, let's say Apple, they have to collect the names from all the street names and everything and then send out a, basically a mailing. Uh, it's very, very inefficient. So uh, that's a great feature. The other one is memos. Uh, what we found is this connection with IPFS, which is Interplanetary File System. If you don't know what that is, you know, to the listeners, look that up. It's, it's an incredible thing. Um, you can basically put files on there, kind of hold one copy of the file, and then it becomes like, it's sort of like BitTorrent meets Dropbox. Uh, you put a file out there and then kind of everybody can, can get it. Uh, but more importantly, at least for us, uh, is that when you put a file out there, you get this hash and you can put that in the chain. And so the, since the chain's tamper-proof and because it was a hash of a file that's out in IPFS, that can't be tampered with or it'd be a different hash. You're basically linking... Uh, the stuff that's in the chain to a file that everybody can access. And that's been amazing. People use that. Uh, we intentionally did it. We did it originally so that we could do our metadata and not have it get lost, uh, which is something that happened on like counterparty and things like that, uh, which has been amazing. People put, you know, all kinds of stuff in there. Um, and then, so we're doing the same thing, but with memos. So a memo is basically when you send some Raven or send an asset, you can put a memo with it. And the memo could be, 
anything you want. Why it's being sent, uh, it's you know cost basis or whatever you want to put in there. It's, it's really really flexible. Uh, so that's messaging and memos. So that's that's two of them, and that was on our original roadmap, and so that's on testnet now. Uh, and then the other one kind of uh, grew out of this idea which we were talking about, which is regulatory. Um, when we started building, everybody was doing ICOs, and uh, since then, so to sort of call it end of uh, end of twenty or twenty eighteen, we got some guidance that, you know, from the SEC says, "Hey, you can't you can't do this," uh, and so you need to know who the people are and things like that. So, well, uh, for Raven Coin to play in that space, they're going to the issuers are going to have to have some new tools. And so we came up with this tagging and restricted assets where you create a special asset doesn't affect any of the assets that were created before they all work just exactly like they did before. It doesn't affect those at all, but these new assets uh, can be restricted and restricted basically means they can be frozen uh, by the issuer, which is one of the kind of requirements of of the SEC. And and then also uh, only go to addresses where they've been tagged. And so it's sort of a generic system where you can tag something, uh, and you can tag it with, it doesn't have to be just, just for compliance, SEC compliance, right? It could be tagged as a subscriber. And so the game tech tokens only move amongst subscriber addresses. But I think one of the big use cases may end up being you can tag people with either KYC or with accreditation. And now the tokens can only move to accredited addresses. And so while on chain, they can stay compliant. Um, and then, of course, if you take them off chain and put them in, a, in an exchange, then really the exchange uh, needs to needs to you know, keep that compliance. Um, so those are the big things that are on testnet now. Uh, we just need to make sure that we haven't broken anything else and that those features work like we expected. Uh, and as soon as we do that, uh, we don't have the ability to tell everybody to run the new software. All we can do is suggest that they do. And then when they do, we can set a threshold that when enough people are running it, it automatically triggers those features on. So we're not really in control. Uh, It is truly decentralized. That's really the miners that are in control. Uh, We have uh, almost no mining horsepower relative to what's out there. So um, we we rely on people kind of paying attention and running the new software. And we hope that happens uh, as soon as we get it tested. Yeah, I mean it's pretty incredible all the things that you're that you're doing right there. I mean, just the ability to speak to token holders, you know, like right now, you if somebody has a, a you know a big bag of all these different tokens, trying to keep up with you know all the different medium articles or you know Slack or websites or whatever, you know, they end yeah. up finding out later that their tokens are worthless because they they yep. swap chains or they merge that's with right. another company or it's like yep. oh geez. So that's actually, actually how the, that's actually how the feature came about. Uh, I was at a, a, a conference with somebody that said, hey, yeah, we've got this problem. We've got this ERC-20 token, and it's too expensive to run on ERC-20 right now. And so we're switching over to this other network, and they couldn't communicate with the holders. And uh, another guy who was in that same meeting said, yeah, same problem. I've got a NASDAQ-listed company, and i got to pay twenty to $30,000 to this semi you know, monopoly company that'll go collect all my, you know, the names of all the holders from, from the street names, you know, go contact Schwab and whatnot and get get all the information. And then they give me a name. This was the guy talking, right? They would give him a name uh, and mailing address, no, no phone number, no email, nothing. Right. So now he has to basically contact them, you know, kind of by printing, printing actual paper and sending it out. And so it really solved those two problems. And, and it was really from that meeting that, that, that we did that uh, that kind of inspired. Yeah, yeah. That, that's a very impressive uh, communication tool to keep everybody kind of up to date and abreast of what's going on. So that's awesome. Yeah, 
So you're a super successful guy, man. You've, you've had, you know, a lot of accolades and accomplishments throughout your life. What's maybe a book that uh, you read that you recommend other people read as well that maybe shaped your life or something like that? Yeah, well, this this will show my bias because uh, I'm really into crypto. Uh, so uh, crypto assets okay. uh, is one that I really like. Uh, Chris, Chris Bernisky and Jack Tatar. Uh, they wrote a book kind of saying, uh, and, I, and, I, and I say this because it really did uh, largely shape uh, kind of how Ravencoin um, uh, is kind of navigating this and, uh, you know, the space. Uh, so what they did was they kind of analyzed what makes a coin valuable because I could I can copy Bitcoin, right? I mean, I could literally just copy Bitcoin, fire it up with the new Genesis block, doesn't make it you know, worth you know, hundreds of billions of dollars, right? Even though it's exactly the same code, it'll have exactly the same issuance, right? Uh, so what makes it valuable? And and so they kind of analyze that. And a lot of it has to do with, you know, kind of lots of th- different things, right? It, it kind of network effects, how many people are using it, uh, you know, and, and things like that. And so it really is more than just the tech, right? Because you can copy the code and code's identical. Uh, but it's really about the community and usage and adoption and wh- what it's capable of and, and, and whether it's a platform or just a token. And in the case of Ravencoin, it's both, right? It's it's it's, it's token and it's also a platform for, for creating your own assets. So it has both those capabilities similar to what the Ethereum has, right? Ethereum has a token. It's used for gas. And then it also has a platform. You can write smart contracts. Well, this is also a platform. So I would say it informed that, but it's also if you, if you do any kind of investment or analyzing tokens to say, you know, what is separating one from another, you know, uh, it, it's a good book to read. Yeah, it's one of the staples that the Bitcoin standard and usually the Internet of Money. Those are usually the three that, uh, <laughs> yep. that yeah. mastering Bitcoin, if you're technical too, that one's, that one's amazing. Indeed, indeed. So what about you personally? You have any uh, hidden talents or skills that uh, the world doesn't know about that uh, <laughs> the dolphins or, you know, you skydive on Tuesdays, anything like that? Uh, I have a few hobbies. Uh, right now, I'm uh, a poker player. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm going to be at the World CryptoCon poker event. So I'm really yep. excited about that. So not not a great one. Uh, just uh, just <laughs> it's, a, it's, a, it's a hobby. Uh, I ride motorcycles. Um, and my and my passion is is crypto and Ravencoin specifically, so that's it's uh, doesn't feel like a job. Gotcha. Well, maybe a, a skill or a talent you don't have that you wish you did. Oh gosh, um, yeah, I would I would actually I have zero musical talent, so I, I would love to have musical talent. I, and and I worked in education kind of early on, and I know that you know having that you know, ability to p- play piano balances the brain, and and that's something I, I never did. I, I kind of wish I had that talent. Yeah, it'd be pretty incredible. Yeah. Just tuning one, you know, is beyond me. What on playing one, right? <laughs> awesome, man. And then uh, if you had a time machine, you could go forwards or backwards in time, anytime, you know, what time would you pick and why? But you had to stay there. So you couldn't leave. You had to stay. You oh, go stay there. Or you go back uh, in history. Wow. Um, I think I would run, I think I would go forward. Um, it, it seems like, you know, I'm an optimist. I think this stuff is getting more interesting and getting better. Uh, I, I feel like I've been super blessed to have lived in the times that I have, right? Kind of going through pretty much the invention of the computer or the personal computer, um, being involved, like as a kid when I was 13, right? And getting to go through that, getting to go through the through the internet and being actually a part of that with, you know, having internet utilities, first company, and now getting to go through this third wave of, of, uh, of crypto, it's been an awesome time. So I don't, but I would, but at this point I would probably jump forward and, and I, I would, 
uh, see if I'm right about my predictions. Exactly. See how it all pans out. That's yeah. awesome. Well, I sure appreciate you, Tron. It's probably the coolest name I've ever heard. So we'll, uh, we'll make sure we get the links out for you and uh, get this out you know, as quick as we can to the people, man. So thanks a bunch hey, for your time. Appreciate you. I appreciate it. Thanks. It's been awesome, great, great being on your show. Thank you. God bless. Hey, welcome back, everybody. Huge thanks to Tron Black. What a cool name. It sounds like a superhero or something that uh, he should at least be earning royalties from Disney on, right? Or maybe even Justin's son. I don't know. What do you think? Pretty cool name, Tron Black. Anyways, don't forget, if you guys are coming to the World Crypto Conference there in Las Vegas in October, make sure you guys get your tickets right away because it goes up every single month in price. Just a friendly reminder, Crypto Beetle shows are never financial advice, recommendations, or trading strategies. The views expressed here are solely that of Robert Beatles and his guests. Robert Beatles is the co-founder of the Monarch Wallet, host of Trading View Sessions, Crypto Beatles on YouTube, and on several entities. Robert's opinions here do not reflect that of the entities. Some information shared here may not actually be factual. These shows are for information and entertainment purposes only. Never invest a single Satoshi or penny in anything without first seeking the counsel and advice of a professional financial advisor. Robert Beatles is not a financial expert or advisor. Investing in anything is super dangerous. You can lose all of your money, so always trade at your own risk. Please help us grow the family. Give us a comment and review. It's super quick and easy. Just scroll down, click the little stars, comment, and just help us grow the family. All right. God bless you. Love you. Till the next one. Talk to you soon.